Is it okay for pastors to be honest? And I was in a situation, man, where we were at the house. And, you know, my kids always ask me to borrow my phone, especially my daughter, Claire. But I do not let my kids have the phone because, you know, if I, Claire will have the phone for two seconds, two twos later, 5,000 Dolly's Dreamhouse surprise apps on there. You know, and they just run the battery down. I just don't do that. They know they don't ask. But Gabe, he was like, Dad, I want to add something on there because there was this uh, screen record thing. I didn't know how to screen record back then. And I'm like, how do all these people do the videos? And then you see the, the dot in the end. And then the, I'm like, how do they do that? And so he's like, Dad, come on, just let me have the phone. I'm going to do the, the phone for you. So I said, all right, son, cool, take the phone. The man number in the bed, you know, that's how we start Saturday mornings. Family comes, Claire jumps in the bed, um, and my, da- my youngest daughter. And, you know, and we just have uh, family worship. And then I go and make pancakes, one trick pony. Uh, pancakes on Saturday morning and that's the way that that goes so anyway he's in there he's doing his thing and a few minutes later I have an Apple watch so um I look at my Apple watch my Apple watch is budget buzzing and I'm looking down and I'm seeing a message from someone talking about who is this and you know those who is this is that aren't the like it's not the who is this no it's like yo why are you blowing up my phone type of who is this right And then when I looked and I scrolled down, I'm like, are you serious? I realized that this text message was coming from a prominent minister that God had allowed me to connect with and to get his contact. An international, world-renowned pastor. And this guy is texting me talking about who is this. And so I'm like, what on earth is going on? This is somebody, obviously, I don't call him like that. I don't talk to him. Those are the ones you send a Merry Christmas to. You know those, those contacts you have in your phone? Like, you just, you know, you just save it for special times. Happy birthday, Bishop. You know what I mean? Like, one of those. And so when this is all going on, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I put two and two together. And I remember Gabriel has my phone. So I'm like, Gabriel! Get your bottomy here, no boy. In the mad times, that's when the bitch sneaks out. And so like, He comes, he comes to the room, and I am like, what do you do? Give me my phone. So I get get my phone, and I look at my phone, and I see that this child called that prominent minister like maybe six or seven times back to back to back to back to back. So I am absolutely furious. I'm like, why on earth would you do this? Why would you call him? Are you serious? No, now he's going to think this about me and all this. And I'm caring about what this person is going to think about me, all this stuff, not even investigating what's going on. And he, in that moment, he goes, he says to me, he goes, Dad, he goes, Dad, what happened was, I remember a few months ago, you said that there's this one person that you would love to meet in all of the world. And he said, it's this one bishop that you want, said you want to meet, and if you can meet him, that would change your life. And he said, I remembered that. And he said, do you remember when I asked you a few weeks ago, do you think such and such knows Bishop such and such? And you said, yeah. He said, that's why I was calling him. Because I was hoping that I could get him to get you connected with that Bishop so that he could call you for your birthday and give you a special message. 
And he said, I want to do it in advance because I know that pastors are busy. Are you hearing this? Talk about feeling an inch tall. And so he goes to crying. And I, after chewing him out, wilding out, and I send this message to the, to the person, sorry, oh, I apologize profusely. And you know how we go out and just trying to be all thing and whatever. You think he even responded? No. He didn't even have the decency in that time to respond. But yet I was willing to chew out my son without figuring out what it was that he was calling him for. And that was one of the most profound teachings and lessons that my son Gabriel with his balling afro. Come on, brother. <laughs> that the Lord used him to teach me. And God in that moment used my son to show me the reckless love of the father. You see how that works? Instead of me being the one that showed him how I, the father is supposed to love, he showed me and God used him. And then before, the thing that blew me away the most was when I'm like, son, I'm so sorry when I came to myself and I came to my senses and I realized what had happened and I apologized to him, you know, and I'm expecting he's going to hate me forever, that he's not going to want to talk to me and all that. He's like, it's okay, dad. I still love you. I got the best kids, y'all. Y'all don't even know, man. I'm telling you. And so when this moment, it blew me away and God used him to teach me. And when I think about Gabriel and this experience and all that happened in that moment and the reckless love, the lengths that he went to to show his dad how much he loved me and how I responded to this drew my mind to how much God loves me and how much God loves you even when we blow it. And today on Easter Sunday, want to jump into this parable and as we head to the to the conclusion of this and I want to encourage somebody today to know I don't know what you did or where you're at or where you're coming from or what it's looking like in your life that God loves you more than you could ever imagine someone needs to know that today and so Luke 15 8 through 10 I want to deal with this passage and I want you to look at this are you still with me Online, if you're with me, put it in the chat. I'm with you. I'm with you. Here we go. Here we go. Bible says in verse uh, 8, says, And he said there was a man, or verse 11 rather, he said there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Now, for those who are not familiar with this story, I don't want to assume everybody gets it. And so I want you to understand what's happening here. He is essentially telling his dad, I wish you were dead. He's saying, give me what is coming to me. Give me my inheritance. In other words, I wish that you were dead. And not only this, but then going on, he says, and he divided his property between them. So the father acquiesced. The father in that moment decides to do this because he was not raising robots oh can i just paint the picture and so he says if this is what you want to do anybody grateful for the freedom of choice this is what you want to do you can choose this 
And then the Bible makes it clear and says, not many days later, verse 13, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. First thing I want to let you know is this parable, all three of these parables are dealing with God's heart for the lost. Okay. And he talks about worth. He talks about how we go astray and how he's willing to leave 99 to go after one. And this parable is so powerful. Because it paints really the reckless nature. There are two prodigals in this story. One in a negative context and one in a positive context. A prodigal, prodigal through this passage, this is where we get the understanding. The prodigal son, meaning that somebody runs away and comes back home. But the word prodigal means lavish, to lavish, to spend recklessly. In order to, in other words, to, to, uh, to, to pour out with great measure and so here it's insane look it up google me you know everybody be fact checking but the fact of the matter is pete this man he asked for this inheritance did the text say that the dad did something to him text doesn't say that the dad did something to him the text doesn't say that something was wrong didn't say that there was any abuse didn't say that anything like this happened it just makes no sense based on what we've learned from this passage why he would take up all of his stuff ask for the inheritance and bounce but truly this is the nature of sin this is what we have inherited from our first parents adam and eve can i tell you on my way to my point i want you to get this sin makes no sense don't make sense that he is there at his house with the father obviously a loving father and a generous father and he would pick up and go and this is a picture of how the bible makes it clear that we like sheep go astray no one is seeking god no matter how many old ladies you help across the street no matter how many good deeds you check off on your your many times we're doing them to make ourselves feel better to serve ourselves and our hedonist pleasures it's not for the glory of God. And many of us think that this is the case, but we go astray. We don't live by default to glorify God. We go away and we make choices because of sin. And the fact is that sin makes no sense. Does it make sense? Adam and Eve are sitting there, man. These mugs got put in the garden, walking with God. They have the ability to name all sorts of stuff. They have dominion, dominion over everything. Are y'all following me? Dominion over everything. And a waste you creature shows up and says, Did God not say? Did God not say? God? You get to be careful of people showing up questioning you, man. Too many of us entertaining conversations that are leading us to our demise. I didn't mean to go there. There's some snakes in some trees. Come on, somebody. First of all, why are you flying? That, that just, I mean, there's just stuff that's just off in your life. Stuff showing up that you know is weird and off and contradictory to the word of God. And we're entertaining stuff oftentimes that is pushing us away from the, from the beauty and from this picturesque landscape that God had given them. The abundance that he had given them makes no sense. This is why many of us, we live in a cyclical sort of a sense where we think that what, that although our dad did it and got caught, come on somebody, 
although the person you saw on the news did it and had that outcome, you and I think we can cheat the wages of sin. We think that we often can cheat and have a different outcome. And this is why you see people doing the same stuff. Isn't it easier though to look at someone on the TV and tell them what they should do rather than what? You doing what you're supposed to do. Are y'all walking with me? You know the movie, don't go behind there. You know, you know, Tim shows up in the movie and you see, you see that monster behind the wall. And they, and you know, something over there goes. And Tim's like, hey man, let's go see what's over here. He is that blood on the ground? Okay, let's go and see what type. Is it A positive? Is it O negative? Is it And you and I are like, no, Timmy, don't go, Timmy, because you know what's going on behind the scene. You can see it, but isn't it easy for us to direct people's lives? But oftentimes we can't see the pitfalls. Come on. If we, we look at the burns of others and we're like, no, nah, that's not going to happen to me. It's okay. That was damn, but that's not good. The fact is the wages of sin is always death. And even if it's not death, where you end up in the ground, there's death to marriages because of adultery. Come on, somebody. There's death to consciences because of the lies. Come on, on that tax, it started with your taxes. It's like, oh, well, I'm thinking of having another child, so let me claim another one. Y'all don't want to be real with me on today. And it starts with that. Come on, somebody. And then bit by bit, it's a slippery slope. Then you just end up in Grand Theft Auto. I mean, just... But the fact of the matter is that we don't realize the magnitude of sin and sin makes no sense. I want to tell you this as well, because look, the Bible says that he went and I'm going to go back to this, but he squandered his property in reckless living. Someone say reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country and he began to be in need. I want to tell you this. He went out with the resources, but he did not go with the father in the position where he was doing so at the father's uh, desire. The father let him go, but it was not the heart of the father for him to go out. Consequently, when hard times came, if he was in the father's will, he would have been taken care of. But when that you know, watch this. There is no security in sin. There's no security in sin. There are many of you, you've been following Jesus. Come on, somebody. During this time of famine called COVID-19. And many of you, you have lost your job. You have lost employment. But you have still been faithful to the Lord. And I wonder if there's anybody other than me that's a witness in here that say, I might not have been eating roots, Chris, and decay. But I had some food in my belly. Come on, somebody. They threatened to put me out. But I still got a roof over my head. Even if I'm sleeping on somebody's couch. I'm not out catching rain in a piece of cardboard. Y'all don't want to talk to me on today. You ought to celebrate the fact that there's faithfulness when we serve God and we are in the will of the Father. But there's no security in sin. That's why he's out there doing his thing and he ends up looking nuts. You know, the devil is all about bait and switch. He's always going to put out there what it is that you want to give you what you do not want he used that's the way that it works and you think that the grass is greener on the other side but the fact of the matter is that there is a whole lot of shpoo under that lawn y'all don't want to be real with me on today 
and the reason why it's green is not the reason why you think that it's green and yours can be just as green if you took the work in the way that is necessary for it to bring. Can I just talk about it today in a culture that don't think that work is necessary anymore? Bait and switch. Let me tell you this. Not only am I talking about people who are far from God in that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. But can I talk to people? Can I talk to people today who are Christians that are thinking and being tempted to walk astray? I know that you're having difficulty right now. I'm telling you, man, go get some therapy. I'm telling you, Jesus and therapy. Come on. Go call up a friend or some something, phone a friend, have a conversation, go buy you a shirt. But the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, it is never worth it to step out on your marriage. It is never worth it. Can I just talk about it? It is never worth it to cheat and lie and steal, even though it might give you instant gratification. Here it is. Sin will always take you farther than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay think of the fruit before you root think it think it come again selector think of the fruit before you root Listen, man, reason why by God's grace, I can't walk out on my wife and go and do something stupid is because it's some little, because it's my sons. Come on. And my daughters. I don't want my daughter growing up thinking that men can manhandle and mistreat. And as soon as they don't like you no more, they treat you like a dirty pair of drawers. You don't want to talk to me today. I don't want my sons growing up and the youngins in here. Come on. That look to me as an example to be able to look and say, oh my gosh, if Pastor Andrew can't do it, then why on earth am I going to be the one? No, it is we are responsible men and women by the grace of God to be examples. We need to stop our with our selfish tail. Come on, run around here like a squirrel trying to get a nut. When the nut is gone, you're going to be in the pit of despair and your household will be jacked up. And this is why generational cycles continue to be perpetuated. But God is looking. Come on, somebody. Can I just talk real on today? God is looking for somebody to be a Daniel although my mom and the others come on somebody and my cousins and my uncles all did X Y and Z how many of you know that the buck can stop with you the Bible says that he squanders his stuff in reckless living there's the thing because sinfulness leads to recklessness this is why if you look at your resources, many of us, you're saying, well, I'm not broke. I'm not reckless. Listen, man, you're serving the money God. And so the fact of the matter is that you're being reckless with the way you're caring for your finances, the way that you are doing what you're, it's backwards. You got it backwards. We are hedonists, modern day hedonists where we're living for pleasure and living to just satisfy and fill ourselves as opposed to doing like the Bible says, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Speaking of stuff, Matthew chapter six will be added unto you. It's imperative for us to understand this. What about your resources? Look at your relationships. Resources, because think about it, man. This dude 
went out here, had guap. He was partying, bashmenting, having a, having a, a good old, good old time. And then, when all the money was gone, where are the people then? Where are all of the ones that were with you when we were partying? This how you know that you're being reckless as it pertains to your relationships. Watch this. Because when hard times come, you keep finding yourself by yourself. When you have godly relationships, there are people who will leave you, but not everybody's going to leave you. Oh, come on, Jesus. Let me just talk about Jesus. Yes, Jesus had a Judas, but he still had 11 more dudes that were there with him when it was done. Because if you have godly relationships, everybody's not a fair weather friend. Come on, somebody. If you're following God, you ought to have some people in your life, come on, that are going to ride and die with you. Listen, I'm so grateful. It's folk that I don't talk to every day, but I know that if I need them, that they're going to be there on the first thing smoking. Come on, somebody. It's people in my life that I have literally picked up and left everything to go and find because of the covenant relationship that we have. The problem when you got to reevaluate these relationships, sinfulness leads to recklessness, even as it pertains to relationship. You got to evaluate, man. Why are you connected to some of these folk you're connected to? Why are they just there because of the resources you have in this season? That's why I'm leery with everybody. Tech, okay, I'm just, I'm just gonna. Okay, I better move on. But look at this, man. Look at the text. I'm almost done. Bible says, when he spent everything, severe famine rose in the country. Says, and watch this. He was in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to feed pigs. This is a Jewish context. Pigs are absolutely disgusted to them. Pigs are horrible. They do not eat pigs. They don't want to touch pigs. Pigs are disgusting to them. And this guy is in such a horrid situation that he goes and watch this. He sells himself out. Lowers his standards and wants to start eating with the pigs. Can I tell you this? Watch this. Sin, watch this. Sin will make you sell yourself out. You don't even need a Judas sometimes. Come on, somebody. But because of sin and the pattern that we follow as a result of going astray from the heart of the Father, we end up selling ourselves out. Where are you selling yourself short? This is often indicative of us being going astray from the Father. But I love this. I'm almost done. Watch this. He goes and he does this. And then he says in verse 17, Text says, but when he came to himself, I love it, I love it. When he came, somebody say, he came to himself. When he came to himself, when he got to the place, come on somebody, where he realized where he was. He had an aha moment. The Bible makes it clear that none can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them. In John 6, 44, come on, despite the fact that I had run reckless and I responded the way that I did to Gabriel, the fact is that God used him to show me that no matter how far I have gone, that I can still 
come to my senses. And there's someone here today, you are here, and this is an aha moment for you. Someone invited you. You might have been a Christian, you might have been baptized when you were a child, or you might have been someone who was following Jesus and walked away. And today, you can come to your senses if you would hear the voice of God. Through this message and the heart of God, God's desire is for you to come back to him or for you who don't know him to come to him for the first time now peep this he said how many of my father's servants have more than enough bread but i perish here with hunger i will arise and go to my father and i will say to him father i have sinned against heaven and before you i am no longer worthy to be called your son treat me as one of your hired servants look I'll tell you about sin this is what sin will do Sin will make you talk yourself out of God's love. Sin will make you talk yourself out of God's love. He was so jacked. He was so low. He had blown it so bad that he got to the place where he's like, man, the fa my father will never accept me. My servants are living better than me. I'm coming back home and I'm coming home to present myself as a servant. And y'all can help me as a servant. And look at what ends up happening. This is my favorite part. Verse 20. Bible says. When he arose. Watch this. And came to his father. But while. He was still. A long way off. His father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you in heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robes. Put them on him. Put a ring on his hand. Shoes on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it let us eat and celebrate and all the vegans said amen <laughs> but the reason why he says this it's a party but wow he was a long way off you mean when he showed up thinking that he had to have it all together when he was showed up thinking i'm gonna be subservient and i'm just gonna the father didn't wait for him to come and be like yo you stink to the high heavens Go take a bath. No. Smelt like the very pigs. And he says, you come right now. Run quickly. Put a robe on my son. Put a ring on his dirty skin. Put shoes on his feet. And he says, last verse says for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they begun to celebrate can i tell you today that god will give you more than you ever expected oh that's something to celebrate right there he thought he was gonna get judgment he thought it was gonna be over he thought because of how bad he blew it 
that he was had to be subservient but God in that moment positions him to where he is able to welcome him and today I don't know how far you have run I don't know where you're at but I want to tell you today that God's arms are open wide and he wants to receive you back into fellowship that even if you have run away from him or if you are not in relationship with him I want to invite you today for the first time come with your mess come with your muck even if you run away and you, no matter how long you've been away come home come home come home his arms are open wide and so I've said enough to present this to you if you don't know Jesus today maybe today's the first time you heard that he's come that he lived perfectly on your behalf because you and I are born sinners and that he's died he died for you and for me in our place and today as we celebrate that he rose from death with all power and the significance of this is now he extends to us instead of death life and you can have a relationship with God today or restore your relationship with God if you have gone astray from him and so today I call you is that you you're saying how do I do that pastor how do I begin a relationship with Jesus well I want you to say this with me repent believe and be baptized Bible summarizes it in these three things. To repent means to turn from serving yourself and your pleasure and living recklessly in 401ks and retirement packages and, and all of this stuff serving to, to, just, to just end up where you want to end up in the earth but not thinking about what happens after this earth. And you're saying I turn around now and I believe Jesus that you came, that you died, that you rose from death. And I put my trust and my faith in you. Be the Lord. Be the boss. Risen king. Be the king of my life. And then you're baptized. And we have a baptized, baptism schedule for next week. If you're desirous of being baptized, you've never been baptized. And we dip you in the water as Jesus commanded, unifying you with his death. And then we bring you up out of the water in celebration, unifying you with his resurrection from death it's a powerful moment powerful thing to seal the deal and so if that's you i can compel you repent believe be baptized if you have run away from the lord and today you're like i hear the voice of god and the heart of god and i want to come back home do i need to be rebaptized, pastor no don't need to be rebaptized. you can repent and come back home today and there's room at the table for you.